There's no place like home. You've heard the phrase, made even more famous as a line in the movie The Wizard of Oz. The sentiment being that home is an appealing, comfortable place that we want to return to, to feel loved and safe. But what if your home felt like a prison of hate and abuse? Well, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and uh, just a heads up, because of the subject matter in this episode, parental guidance is suggested. Now, I've got a question for you. What if your home life was one of evil and destruction? What would you do, especially if you were a child? We're going to explore that sad reality in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Coping with abusive parents is hard, even if you can escape by going to school or work or to a friend's house. But how do you survive abuse when you're stuck in the house? You can't just pack up and leave, especially if you're just a child. The woman in our story did indeed learn that there was no place like home, but for the opposite reasons of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize you're really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Priscilla. Slop. I worked hard cooking that meal. You got some nerve even putting it on a table. Oh, you're like an angry little toddler. <laughs> Why don't you learn to cook? And I just washed the floor today, too. You washed the floor? I couldn't even tell. Ooh, I hate you. Yeah, feelings mutual. <laughs> I'm going to get something good to eat. Oh, sometimes I just... Wish he was dead. <laughs> Mama. You kids finish eating. And look. Look at this mess you made. Mama, we didn't make a <laughs> The woman in our story was born into a cycle of abuse where she endured the coldness of life trying to find love and where she fit in. Here's the story of how she broke that cycle. The classic true story of a woman we'll call Priscilla, right now on Unshackled. There wasn't much love or nurturing in our household. We were all out for ourselves, and with that, struggling to survive on our own. When my parents divorced, it was the happiest time of my life. My brother and I were sent to live with my grandparents on their farm. We enjoyed every minute of it, till the day Mother came and got us, saying we had a new daddy. As more kids were born, anywhere else had more lure than home. Where have you been? Trying to find daddy. You have a daddy right here. 
Your real father doesn't want you. Don't you know that? Uh, I wanted to see him and find out for myself. You know how embarrassing it is to have the police calling our house saying they found our ten-year-old hitchhiking? I'm sorry. I, I didn't think that. Right. You didn't think, you stupid brat. After all I do for you, this is how you repay me? Don't you ever run away again. My greatest pleasure was taking care of my half-sisters. Finally, I did something that pleased my mother. We began to have a real relationship centered on motherhood. Then she had to have surgery, and while she was in the hospital, my stepfather taught me new realms of motherhood. Oh, you're such a help, Priscilla. I don't know what we'd do without you. I'll be happy when Mom's back and there's not so much to do. Yes, your mother does a lot. I don't really understand why she's in the hospital anyway. She hasn't been sick. Well, she's having a surgery so she can't have babies anymore. Hmm. Where do babies come from anyway? Don't, don't, don't you know? Uh-uh. I saw something that showed how babies grow and are born. I just don't know how they get into the stomach. Oh, um, I assumed your mother would have explained. Oh, she said she will when I'm 12. <sighs> she says 11's not old enough. Oh, uh, I'll be glad to teach you, Priscilla, but you must never tell your mother. She'll be very angry with us, okay? It'll be our little secret. Just as I developed into the substitute mother, I became the substitute wife. Fear, shame, and guilt plagued me and confused me. Our little secret kept going, and I started high school. Hello? Hello, this is Mr. Young, Priscilla's principal. Oh, hello. Uh, is everything okay? Well, that's what I'm calling to find out. What do you mean? She's missed several days of school. I see. Oh, uh, well, it's probably my fault. You know, I had the flu and, and needed help with the youngest. And that's uh, when she missed a week, right? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm talking about all the time she gets picked up early from school. Picked up early? Yeah, there, well, there must be over a dozen times this year, and we're only halfway through. Oh, you must be mistaken. Our Priscilla doesn't get picked up early. I mean, none of our children do. Mm, I've seen her leaving with your husband myself. You don't say. Well, um, I, I need to check on things and, and get back to you. Thank you for your call. Priscilla? What is it, Mom? You've got some explaining to do. How much trouble can I get in when I've been working on homework? The school called. <laughs> About what? Seems like you're frequently getting picked up early. That Dan is picking you up early. What are you two doing? Mom, it's not my fault. What's going on? He said... He said he wanted to teach me where babies come from. And I wasn't to tell you. <gasps> oh, you little slut. Mama, I, I, 
How long has this been going on? Since you were in the hospital having surgery. My hysterectomy? I don't know what it's called. You wouldn't even talk to me about it. Oh, that was four years ago. Four years? I had no idea those awful years were going to be better than the nasty ones that followed. Mother was stuck. She couldn't leave and make it on her own financially, and frequently went into rages, more so than she did before. Dan, my stepfather, gave me poisonous looks any time he had to see me. Finally, they made a truce that left me on the outside of the family circle. I became the vamp who seduced my stepfather and ruined their marriage. I was hated. Nights, I cried myself to sleep. Mornings, I wished I could die. After high school, I went to the first college that accepted me so I could get out of the house. There, I met a young man who was very attentive to me. Are you still having problems in your sociology class? Yes. Any class that relates to family issues, my mind just goes blank on tests. I scribble down anything, even though I know it doesn't make any sense. Why do you think that is, Priscilla? My own family life was so awful. Awful? Traumatic. My professor has even made arrangements for me to get counseling. You be careful about counselors. Sometimes they do more harm than good. You think so? Absolutely. Let me know what he says. Or if anything bothers you, okay? You're so good to me, Howard. I want to take care of you, Priscilla. You'll feel better if you talk to me about everything. Marriage became an escape just as college had been an escape. Having someone care about me felt good. Howard considered himself an expert in psychology after one course at a junior college, and I was his guinea pig. He told me when, where, and how to make decisions. He explained why my choices were poor ones, and I accepted his views because I wanted to please him. He went everywhere with me, even to women-only functions, where afterward he always had a lot to say. Oh, man, am I glad to be out of there. Then why come? Don't you think it's kind of weird you go to my all-women's book club? No. Someone needs to watch out for you. And these people that have serious issues. What? Yeah, did you hear Angela? Well, I mean, she's going through a hard time with the divorce and house foreclosure. Oh, the stress, the anxiety. I need a vacation, but I can't even afford to sit in my own backyard because it's going to be gone and... Be nice. Angela's kind to everyone. Well, look where it got her. What does that mean? Just, you shouldn't hang out with her. <sighs> she's part of the group. That's just what I mean. Quit my book club? I don't see any other way. Howard, I can't do that. I'd miss them. They're practically my only friends. Honey, I'm just looking out for you. Given your poor upbringing and all, you can't really afford to take on others' stress and be filled with their anxiety. It'll make you crazy. Just look at what happened to my mom. I'm fine, Howard, and I'm not your mother. I know, but you both had horrific childhoods, and my dad always took care and watched out for her. And I'll do the same for you. I'm not going to end up confined at home like your mother. See, you're getting upset, and there's no reason for it. We have to analyze why so we can nip it in the bud. I don't want you to snap and go crazy like she did. It's not normal, Priscilla. Normal people can have calm, 
level-headed discussions, just like I'm trying to have right now with you. But no, you're, you're too emotional. You get too My husband's emotional control of me became so pervasive that if I didn't agree with him, I had a panic attack. I started to have fantasies of him dying. In fact, fantasies of him being killed on his way home from work. When his car pulled into the driveway, I felt relief, then guilt, then fear. I poured every ounce of my love into our three sons. I became supermom, baking, sewing, enriching their lives with every kind of cultural event. I was room mother, field trip volunteer, scout leader, whatever was needed. Yet emotionally, I felt depressed, and spiritually, I was looking for anything that would make me feel alive. Folks, we'll get back to Priscilla's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story. And now, back to the classic true story of Priscilla. Let's not go to church this morning. Well, that's fine with me. It's mostly pretense anyway. I thought you said your grandparents were fine Christians. They were different. They really lived what the Bible taught. But at my parents' church, I confided in the preacher about Mom's abusive treatment. He didn't take me seriously. I'll forever be sorry you had such a bad childhood. You'll never be a complete woman because of it. Mm. There's got to be some way to overcome my past. You know, a guy at work was talking about this book on reincarnation and its connection to witchcraft, saying how it explains why we do things and why we keep repeating the same mistakes. Hmm. Sounds interesting. You know... There are several witches living in the neighborhood. There are? Yes. I talked to a couple of them. Really? Yeah. They were at the park. What did they say? That they had learned to cast spells and that the spells worked. Don't get too involved with them. Getting too involved with those witches was exactly what I planned to do. I started reading books on witchcraft, and when everyone was asleep... I practice casting spells and drawing demons, a very dangerous and ungodly practice. I called for the spirit of an old boyfriend, and the depression and loneliness went away for a while. Then an unclean spirit figure started visiting my room at unexpected times. 
When he came, I saw visions of a death in a family, but not who. It was horrible to have that kind of intuition. It seemed the only thing bigger than my depression was the despair welling up in me. I can't do this. Not to my boys. <laughs> go away, dark figure. Go away. Please go away. I can't deal with you anymore. I'm sorry I disturbed you, whatever you are. Go away. Jesus, please help me. Make him go away. I won't do witchcraft anymore. I promise. The shadowy figure stopped visiting, and my marriage crept on as before with my husband getting more control as I became weaker. I went for therapy with a counselor who couldn't understand why I was unhappy with my husband. Finally, when our sons were in junior high and high school, I persuaded my husband to let me go back to college. I did very well, taking one class at a time, still managing to be super mom. My husband was proud of me, but as I became enlightened about our sick marriage, I stirred troubled waters. Howard, I've been thinking. I'd like us all to go to counseling as a family. What? No, oh, come on. no you've what? really lost it. Oh, I think it'd be good for us. It, and it doesn't cost much, since I'm a student. Just because you're disturbed doesn't mean we are. Come on. Right, I don't want to go. Listen, dysfunctional behavior affects the whole family. Absolutely not. You're too damaged from growing up. And you boys are not to go to your mother if you have a problem. You call me at work if anything comes up. I suggested a temporary separation. Space to give us time to think and... Howard exploded. Separation? Is that really what you want? Where are you going to live, huh? Because I'm not the one that's going to move. And the boys are staying with me. There is no way they're going to live with you. Oh, you think I'm joking? I knew he wasn't joking. I believed every word. So I checked into a motel, swallowed handfuls of pills, then punctured my veins. But since I was going into shock, the veins went flat and it was taking too long. I tore towels into strips to hang myself when a voice seemed to say, what are you doing? You don't wanna die? I staggered out of the motel room and collapsed. Well, you've done it now, haven't you? I knew it had come to this. Now you see why you'll never have the boys? There's no telling what you might do. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I, I just wanted to die. If you would have listened to me, none of this would have happened. We need to get help. Can't you see that? You need the help. You're the one with the problem. Which is also costing us a fortune, by the way. But I suppose now you'll want to get a different therapist. Don't expect me to back it. It is a waste of money. I returned home to face waves of oppression and thoughts of suicide every time I was around my husband. Howard always said he'd never forgive unfaithfulness, so that was my ticket to freedom. I slept with as many men as I could, yet Howard still wanted me back. He threatened to put the boys in foster homes unless I stayed, but I couldn't tolerate being near him. He kept the boys, and I gave up everything in the divorce and left with a beat-up car, my clothes, and a few odds and ends. 
A stripper was looking for a roommate, and that being all I could afford, I moved in. She explained how to prostitute, but I wasn't interested. Not even drugs could cover the pain of losing my boys. The new fast life got old quick. I began to think about what I'd become and the teachings of my grandparents. I moved out. Then I met a guy, and we really got along until... Uh-uh. No way. Yes. It's your baby. You could have been sleeping with a dozen other guys. You're the only one I've been with in the last two months. Well, getting an abortion will fix everything. I can't do that. Why not? People do it all the time. I'm not going to kill my own baby. Look, I want nothing to do with this. You got that? <sighs> then get out! Teachings my grandparents tried to instill came to me again as I thought about the commitment to God they had demonstrated. When the baby was born, I named her Gift of God. We had a small basement apartment, and I was so broke that I often couldn't even buy warm clothing for us. I rocked her and cried, nursing her to make sure she had enough food, though I was often hungry myself. I prayed a lot and money came in when we were desperate. I finished my degree, sometimes with a baby carrier strapped to my back. Then I met and married a wealthy Prince Charming and set out on our honeymoon. No, you're gonna have the salad and- Actually, I thought the grilled chicken was- Did you hear me? You're having the salad. Oh, I'd like us each to choose what we'd like. Isn't that- I, I run things my way, Priscilla. If you're not willing to do exactly as you're told, you'd better get out of this marriage now. <laughs> Are you serious? As a heart attack. I didn't get married to be tried on like a shoe and thrown away. I'm staying and trying to make it work. If you want to be nasty, then that's the way you'll live. Good or bad, I'm not leaving. I stepped out of one controlling mess into another but I was determined to find a way to make it work. I wasn't much more than a trophy wife to be paraded around at social events. And hearing warnings about his physical abuse of previous wives left me on edge. He insisted I give him a chance to be a father. So one day I left him with the baby as I ran to the store. When I got back home, I turned into the driveway and... Oh, no. Oh, oh, sweetie. What are you doing out in the driveway? Oh, oh, it's okay. Mama's got you. It's all right. What is the baby doing out in the driveway? Huh? Oh, I must have fallen asleep. I'm sorry. I almost ran over her. How did she get out there? Oh, I don't know. Crawled, I guess. Oh, and she opened and closed the door, too. What are you suggesting? Next time, I'll take her with me. From then on, I never left her alone with him. I was working on another degree, so I toughed it out until graduation. Then I divorced him and got a job that offered childcare on the premises. All those years, I hadn't had much to do with my parents, but they continued to reach out to me. Hello? Priscilla. Hey, Mom. I... I haven't heard from you in so long. How are you doing? I'm okay. Why don't you come visit? 
and bring the baby. Oh, I'm working full time. Plus, it'll have to be on a weekend. Oh, that's fine. Uh, Priscilla, I uh, want you to know we made a lot of mistakes when we were raising you kids. I, I wish I could make it up to you. It's okay, Mom. We didn't know the Lord then, but, well, he means everything to us now. That's why we can see where we were wrong. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll come visit soon. Do you see much of the boys? Mm, not as much as I'd like. Howard is very secretive about where they are and what they're doing. Mm. Oh, Satan causes so much trouble and heartache in families. Sometimes I long for the days I spent with Grandma and Grandpa on the farm. <laughs> oh, they love the Lord Jesus, Priscilla. That's the real reason you were happy with them. I could see the change in my parents' lives, and we developed a loving relationship. But after a few years, I wanted to travel, so my daughter and I moved to a northern state where I found a good job. Oh, Bethany, I'm so glad you were able to come on such short notice. Oh, hey, no problem. Happy to help. You have the phone numbers. Is there anything else you need? Nope. Nope, I don't think so. Oh, you don't mind if we go to church on Sunday, do you? Oh, okay. Well, I... Didn't know how you felt about that, since I know you don't go. <laughs> well, I got turned off to church growing up. Too many hypocrites. Hmm. If a hypocrite is standing between you and the Lord, doesn't that mean he's closer to God than you are? <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. You want to come to church with us when you're back? You know, I think I'd like that. God incarnate, Jesus Christ, hung on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, buying your forgiveness with his blood. Whatever your need is, whatever the problem you face, Jesus Christ can set you free. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My friend, there is no other way to God. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. If you are dead in sin, Christ Jesus will give you life, eternal life. Won't you receive and believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior today? Bethany, matter where I want what that. Done, what really? Are you sure? You think of any reason why Positive. That Sunday morning, my knees shook as I made my way to the altar to confess my sins and ask Jesus to be my Lord. Not long after that, my daughter also received Christ as her Savior. I had lived my life my way and made a mess of it. I decided the rest of it would be spent honoring my Lord, and God has helped me keep that promise. Friend, as we learned from Priscilla, 
Being in an abusive home environment can feel isolating, scary, and even hopeless. And those feelings can be carried into adulthood to shape our behavior and continue to wreak havoc in our lives as grown-ups. But I am here to tell you that healing and restoration is available to even the most hopeless and discouraged amongst us. As Priscilla learned, belief in Jesus Christ as her Savior redeemed her broken spirit and began the process of healing transformation. And now, Priscilla can speak of a perfect place when she says there's no place like home because she speaks of her eternal home with God the Father. What about you, friend? Do you have the assurance of a heavenly home? Eternal salvation is available to any who would repent and believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. If you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do not delay another moment. Jesus is waiting for you. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It could be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture on this uh, particular plaque is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. Folks, this is a gorgeous plaque, especially if you're looking for uh, daily inspiration from Scripture, you will love this authentic and um, very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log uh, and cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. I didn't actually witness that happening, but I can assure you it did. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast Sweepstakes Drawing, <gasps> that's a mouthful, is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes uh, drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on July 26th. But the deadline for entry is July 21st. The deadline for entry, July 21st. And next time... What's got into you, Marshall? Alfred's mom's after me. His mom's after you? I busted him good. What for? Bash me upside my head with his toy gun. I'm bleeding. Uh-huh, I see that. Marshall, you best learn this right now. I'll beat you myself if I ever hear you running away from a fight. You got that? 
His life of abuse and violence had taken him from street gangs to Vietnam. Brandon, you got a problem with your squad leader? Sir, no, sir. Says you got in his face, that true? Yes, sir. Why? I don't hold with bullying, sir. But would he ever find a place where he could be productive and live a better life? You want to get back together? You know I do. Then there's something you have to do for me. I want you to go to church with me. But look, I got saved. What exactly does saved mean? Find out on Marshall Brandon's true story on the next Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Priscilla were Anna Maria Alvarez, Mark Forrest, Jane Hahnemann, Steve Bayorgin, and Michael Wolner. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Michael Wolner. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script Kenitha Gabler and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>